Welcome to Scintillations, the podcast where we explore hot takes on the business of branding, consumers, and culture. Each week, we talk to the top minds from businesses shaping tomorrow, cultural thought leaders, and people with an eye out for what's next. Whether you're a marketing professional, entrepreneur, or simply curious about the forces shaping the world of consumer business, we've got you covered. From the latest trends in consumer behavior, to the cutting-edge strategies used by the world's top brands, we'll unpack it all, giving you the insights you'll need to stay ahead of the game. So, join us for scintillating conversations that will help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of modern business, including developments in artificial intelligence tools, like this voiceover. And now, your host, award-winning brand builder, Erica First. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. I'm Kelly Springer. I'm a registered dietitian, and I own a company called Kelly's Choice, and we are a collective of dietitians across the U.S. We have 15 dietitians that work in medical nutrition therapy. We have a worksite wellness platform, and I also do media. So it's kind of across the board, really fun that every day is different. <laughs> I imagine. And can you tell me more what you mean by medical nutrition therapy? Sure. So registered dietitians in the U.S. have to have a seven-year degree. We have a four-year undergrad in a DPD program. So we, we actually exit that um, degree with a Bachelor of Science. And then we have to go on to get two years of master's and a year of an internship. So when we work with doctor referrals, anywhere from celiac, IBS to diabetes, Crohn's, even weight loss or weight gain, we go through a medical nutrition therapy. So we're taking that person, looking at the whole entire picture. What medications are you on? What is your lifestyle? And then we're giving them education on how to put nutrition education forward in their life. Today, we're talking about inflammation as a topic. Just to give a little background about why I love this topic so much. First, you mentioned it before, talking about looking at the whole. And when I was doing my studies in uh, neuroscience of mental health, I think it's something we might know intuitively, but every single system in the body is connected and that you have to look at it as an entire system, that the idea that you could have just a dietary problem or just a heart problem or just a this problem, that it's important to look at it um, as a connection. And one of the things that I was so surprised about was the role of inflammation in so many different illnesses and not even illnesses, just simple life stage conditions that we can encounter, that this topic really became near and dear to me and is something that I pay a lot of attention to. So I wanted to raise a lot of uh, awareness to other people about it. And that said, I'm going to turn it over to you. What is inflammation? Well, 10 years ago, I got to take an integrative course. So kind of like you, I started diving into this field because my daughter was diagnosed with an overgrowth of bacteria. And I was like, what the heck is that? What is going on? So I went into Dr. Raj's class and on the board, in huge letters, it said inflammation equals disease. And I got to say, 10 years ago, I was like, I don't really understand what she's saying. I don't really understand what that means. 
Well, today, after so much more research has come out, as you probably know, of what inflammation is. And basically, if we are not eating properly, like you said, it will directly affect every single part of our body and it's leading to chronic disease. So 80% of chronic disease can be prevented through proper nutrition. Isn't that like mind-blowing 80%? And that's due to inflammation. So let's break it down of how inflammation happens. So if you, you think about our bodies and what we need and how we eat, here, we are eating way too many simple carbohydrates. And dietitians use these words a lot, and no one knows what we're talking about. So let's break it down of what a carbohydrate is. I want you to think of carbohydrates like a giant rainbow, okay? There's all different forms of food that fall into the carbohydrate category. But one side is angry leprechaun, and one side is pot of gold, okay? Right. So what's the difference? The angry leprechaun side is missing fiber, the pot of gold side are carbohydrates that have fiber. So once we can understand this, what is going on? Why is it angry leprechaun? Why is it pot of gold? Well, the angry leprechaun is that simple carbohydrate that's missing the fiber source, which can increase blood sugar levels, as we were talking about right before we started, and increase nicking cutting as it goes. So it's like literally the angry leprechaun has like little knives in his hand and he's like shredding as he goes. So that's why when people get like type 2 diabetes and their blood sugar is out of control, they're having too many angry leprechauns in their diet. That's why they can start to lose their eyesight, have neuropathy, have kidney disease, because those little teeny blood vessels are literally getting shredded by those simple carbohydrates. So isn't that an easy way to think about it? Yeah. And I mean, it's mind boggling the idea that 80% of disease can be handled with food. And and one of my other takeaways from that course that I did on neuroscience of mental health is that the secret to wellness is kind of the most boring advice you receive from anyone, right? It's eat properly, drink water, get an <laughs> amount of sleep. Get some physical activity, not too much, because then that pushes you into an inflammatory position, right? And don't eat too many sweets and alcohol. It's like the most boring advice. <laughs> if you follow that, all of your systems settle down and start to work together to keep you as healthy and perfect as possible. So we talked about the role of carbohydrates, which I want to sort of stress here because Carbohydrates are fundamental to the diet. Yes. Absolutely yeah. fundamental. Yeah. Eating the right ones. The wrong carbohydrates will increase a state of inflammation in the body. And the right ones will maintain your blood sugar level, will keep you feeling satiated for longer, and promote a better state of health, correct? You are 100% correct. You couldn't have stated it better. So that fiber source, the pot of gold coming from those carbohydrates, is what feeds those gut bacteria, creating about 90% of our serotonin. So when you're creating that impact of how we're, cre how we're linking nutrition to mental health and to the rest of our health, think about that. 90% of your serotonin is made in your gut. So if we're not feeding our gut bacteria what they need to produce that serotonin levels, that's where we have anxiety, depression. It's linked to your metabolism. It's linked to 70% of your immune system. I mean, we could go on and on. 
So that fiber source is doing so much for the body. Plus, when we're talking about inflammation, when you eat fiber-rich sources, it's going through and kind of cleaning things up. So as we eat fiber-rich sources, like fruits and vegetables, beans and whole grains and legumes, it goes through and cleans it up. But also something really cool with anatomy, it will trigger the liver to make HDL. So I want to explain this a little bit because I think people are really confused about cholesterol. I remember my mom back in the day was like, cholesterol is bad. I don't eat cholesterol. Nothing happens with cholesterol. Okay. And so we were in that zone a long time ago. Well, what we know with inflammation, if we have tons of angry leprechauns nicking, cutting as they go through, we are going to trigger our liver to produce more LDL cholesterol. So basically, I want you to picture this. They're going to go and pick up like boats. They're going to pick up the cholesterol that's made and drop it off at all the nicks and cuts to help heal the body. Okay. So they're dropping off all of this extra cholesterol. Well, when you eat fiber-rich sources, it does the opposite. It actually comes down and triggers the liver to make more HDL boats. And those HDL boats go around the body and actually collect the extra cholesterol and recycle it back to the liver. So when we're thinking about cholesterol, it's not when you eat cholesterol, the body will actually shift it out. It's the inflammation, the angry leprechauns, that are creating more of these LDL boat drop-offs. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's such a big topic and it's hard to put it into order. But so let's talk about what the problem with inflammation is. Like it's the root of disease, but how does it cause disease? Because I think that's one of the things that we get. You're like, okay, but it's inflamed. Like what's the big deal? Because it keeps signaling that body. So when you have these inflammation markers, and it can come from several different places, and this is where... At, our, at Kelly Shorts, we created, it's called the Transformation Program. So we take people week by week through carbohydrates, protein, fats, fruits and vegetables, because you're saying it is a huge topic and a lot of things can cause this inflammation. One of the things besides angry leprechaun is these, this disproportion of omega-3s to omega-6s. So what are these? Well, they're essential fatty acids. And when we get into the fat lesson, it's really important to go through this because omega-6s and omega-3s are essential, which means your body has to eat them. But right now, we're getting this many omega-6s because they're coming in from a lot of vegetable oils and the middle aisle of a grocery store, basically. And this many omega-3s, which come from our seafood-based and also flaxseed, walnuts, and things like that. We need to bring this back into balance. So omega-6s are pro-inflammatory. So when the body absorbs those omega-6s, it actually sends out inflammatory responses. When you have omega-3s, it sends out anti-inflammatory responses. So we need to bring this into balance because if you have a nick or cut, we will need some inflammation to go fix that. But this is where we're out of whack. So between the angry leprechaun, the lack of omega-3s, all of this happening and going on, we're shifting our bodies into this inflammatory response. And so the body's always signaling. So with that signaling, as you were talking about like perimenopause and hormonal, it's also messing up all of our hormonal responses. So it's really interesting of how it can throw everything out of whack. One of the things that that remained really impressed on me was that there's different phases, as you were saying, within the body. It's what you put into it. How then works in different systems. And then you have the elimination process or the 
the breaking down, right? And so you have your poor liver, which is responsible for breaking down and removing all of the toxins in your body. Now, the issue is that the more toxins you put into your body, the liver is only one. And as we get older, very tired and starts to become very sluggish. And so it slows down uh, what it's able to do. And then all of those toxins get backed up into the system and turn into excess fat, turn into excess estrogen, which turns into fat or excess cortisol. So you live with an overdosed state of things that your body should be getting rid of, which is compounding then if you're not eating properly, sleeping properly, which is when it does its work, exercising properly, which is when you get the metabolism up to do that. So there's really two areas that you want to look at with the inflammation is what's going into the body, but also how you're caring for it, your liver and its ability to process and heal the systems that go on within it. I'm glad you brought it up because we do see a lot in medical nutrition therapy, fatty liver disease. And it's becoming more and more. people who haven't even drank as well. Oh, correct. Yes. Not, that's not from, that's like cirrhosis. So that's um, going into more alcoholic tendencies. So fatty liver and people don't really understand the correlation with angry leprechaun. So angry leprechaun foods that don't have fiber-rich sources and, and getting excessive amounts of those actually come into the body. And if we don't utilize all the energy from those, our body thinks we're going to go hunt buffalo later or whatever we're going to do. And so it stores it in the liver as glycogen over and over and over again. So fatty liver disease isn't from fat. Fatty liver disease is from excessive angry leprechauns. And so, but the good news is, and this is what, this is why I love what I do. The good news is you can reverse fatty liver disease. You can reverse type two diabetes. You can reverse heart disease. And so I'll have people, like I have someone coming in tomorrow morning and they're an older couple. And they said to me, I thought it was too late. And I cannot believe I waited this long to, to work with you because I'm, they've been able to reverse their chronic diseases and they didn't know it was possible. Sure. And so this is where I love what I do. When I see that light bulb turn on, people feel like they're, you know, they have the ability to put these things in, into their lives and actually change their health. Like it's amazing how powerful the human body is. Yes. It's it, when treated properly. Yes. It <laughs> wants to heal itself, right? Yeah. It wants to heal itself. And this one lady, I did a presentation about a year ago, and I was saying that with proper nutrition, that a lot of these autoimmunes probably could be prevented. Because as I talked about, that 70% of our immune system is housed in our digestive tract. Well, if we have a very strong mucosa layer and a really um, strong bacteria that live there, we can actually prevent a lot of the inflammation kind of seeping through like the leaky gut syndrome and things like that. And so I was saying that if we truly, as children and through adulthood, really take nutrition seriously, and you're saying sleep and all those things as well, we can prevent a lot of these also autoimmune diseases. And she got kind of angry. She's like, you can prevent autoimmune diseases? And I was like, yes, inflammation is triggering that light switch on. And so these, you know, we have these genes and these epigenetics on top, and it's kind of truly like a light switch. And so that inflammation marker can go and things are out of whack. 
Yeah. So it's really interesting when we think about how tied that digestive tract and those bacteria and that mucosa layer and everything that's going on there is tied to the rest of health and, yeah. you know, med- everything else. Yeah. And that's actually why I wanted, because we talk a lot about what's now and what's next. Yes. The more research that comes out yes, in these times is finding that at the root of almost all chronic illnesses is inflammation. And the beauty of this is that inflammation is easily managed with lifestyle changes. Yeah. But, you, but obviously you have to know about it first. And so this is definitely as science, because usually what happens is science figures something out, then it hits the newspapers, and then the consumer demand for products around inflammation grow up, which I'm certain we will see in the marketplace. You'll start to see the word inflammation, non-inflammatory, et cetera, et cetera, on a lot of your products. But for those in the know, it starts with your food. Yes. So the problem is we still are not getting proper nutrition education from childhood and moving through. And I'll tell people, please don't feel badly. You were not educated. I'm here to educate and give them the reason why. And once they understand the reason why angry leprechaun versus the pot of gold, or once they understand why the HDL versus LDL, like once they understand it and can visualize it, they are 10 times more likely to make those changes and make those habits. But without the why, it's really hard to understand how to change it. Because a lot of it is this guy last week on Friday, last call of the day, he said, can you talk to my clients about the ketogenic diet? Are you a fan of the ketogenic diet? And I said, yes, yes, it's medical nutrition therapy, 100%. If they have epilepsy, that is the medical treatment that we put in place for epilepsy. And that's how the ketogenic diet was designed. But the ketogenic diet does not have research behind it for anything else besides that. And if you're cutting fiber-rich sources out, as I just told you, like the number one source of the food for our bacteria, how we're going to actually develop those HDLs. No, we have to get fiber-rich sources. And the only way is from carbohydrates. So it's just interesting of explaining that to him and educating him. So you could actually put yourself into a negative situation if you're not getting those. So again, I think it just goes back to education. Absolutely. And there's so much that's coming out, as you were saying, that refutes everything that that may already have been in existence. There's a huge passion for carb-free diets. However, recent research shows that when you eat only protein, at a certain point, protein turns itself into a sugar and and starts behaving as if it was a carbohydrate, <laughs> but not the good kind. That's the thing. Everything in balance, including balance, right? We need to get back to that balance. We need to get back to getting there and understanding how these foods play into our system and that the three macronutrients, the carbohydrates, the fats and proteins are important, but so are getting in the, the micronutrients, the vitamins, the minerals. And so once we can eat those and it's in balance, the body will stop craving. The hormones will get into normal balance. Yep. The body is satisfied and our cells are satisfied. And so our whole body will just calm down. And your insulin levels, or your blood sugar levels out, you yep. stop being insulin resistant. Yeah. I was, as we were talking about, going through a very specific life stage, entering into perimenopause. But the first thing they tell you to do is balance your hormones. But your hormones cannot be balanced 
if your body is in a state of inflammation. So the first thing that you have to do is reduce your inflammatory state. And then the hormones basically, it's not that they balance themselves because obviously that period is distinguished by imbalance, but it stops being less marked or you're able to work with it a little bit in a healthier way. And that was the changes that I made. I went into a very sort of natural lifestyle and my body started responding immediately, like literally immediately. And you see results sometimes takes time to four to six weeks, but you will start to see results. You will sleep through the night. You won't have anxiety. You get filled with eating a normal portion amount of things. So I am one of the the strongest believers in this. And actually leading to that, it's time to deliver the bad news, which is what are the things that cause inflammation in the body? So when you're looking at a label, this is what I want you to do today. When you go into your pantry or open your refrigerator or your freezer, if it says carbohydrates but doesn't have fiber, you have an angry leprechaun food. If it has carbohydrates and fiber, you're in pot of gold. So I want you to start looking at labels today, looking at what you're getting. And the recommendation I'm going to give you is five to 10 grams of fiber per meal. Per meal. The average person gets about five a day. Right. Now, if adding that much fiber, you also need to make sure you're adding in at least 64 ounces of water. Yes. So just making sure, because as we have fiber, one soluble, one's insoluble. So we have to make sure we're getting enough water to pull it in and then get it out. So just making sure you're having water evenly throughout the day with that fiber source. So just keeping your inflammation levels down in the way of keeping away from those angry leprechauns. Like you said, sleep is so important. I tell people, think about your cell phone. If you didn't charge it and recharge it, it's going to die during the day. It's going to get really whacked out, right? And that's kind of how our bodies get. We need to have sleep. And also when you have a lack of sleep, you can crave more angry leprechauns because the body just wants that simple energy. So that's where making sure you get enough sleep, water, and fiber sources is going to help you get on your way. Okay. And I'm just going to add to that list. Alcohol is something that creates uh, inflammation. And if I'm not mistaken, large amounts of red meat. Large amounts, yes. I like that you said the word large amounts because there is there is a part, it's one part of the red meat. If you have large amounts, it can cause some inflammation in your colon. But basically, I tell people if you're having red meat and lean red meat, you know, once a week, it's a great, you know, iron source. B vitamins and protein source. Just making sure we get lean products and having once a week, you should be fine. But the alcohol is interesting. So just like we were talking about storing fatty liver, when you drink alcohol, the body actually produces the enzyme and it will use that carbohydrate first. And if you're eating with it, it will store the other carbohydrates as that glycogen in your liver. So you'll be utilizing it and you're not getting any nutrients really from it. So again, the body's craving. So alcohol, even though I love my red wine more than anything in the entire world, (laughs) it is, it really, truly, we do have to watch how much because that will lead to that, that body fat and also affect the liver. And so one of the things that I gave up completely was alcohol. 
because I also have allergies. And this is the first season that I've done on an anti-inflammatory diet. And it's the first year that my allergies have been manageable. Usually I have to take, you know, some form of antihistamine. And this is the first year that I have been fine without anything, just like a couple of sneezes a day. But it was, it was incredible. And it got worse every single year, which was obviously my inflammatory state getting worse and worse. Well, think about it. I always say, if you can think about your bacteria like fish in a fishbowl, if you're pouring vodka into the fishbowl, the fish are not going to like it, right? Some of them are going to die off. And so that basically you've just increased your immune system. So this is where, you know, we have to be careful of what we're doing to our fish, right? Mm-hmm. So making sure we're giving them the right fish food, making sure they have enough water and making sure there's not toxins in the bowl. Okay, so Kelly, tell us where people can find you and learn more about working with you. Oh, we would love to work with you. So we are kellyschoice.org is our website, and you can find us on Instagram at kellyschoice underscore nutrition. We always have fun things going on, so definitely check us out. But our registered dietitians are right there. We have amazing programs, and we really, truly have seen incredible results. We've been in business for 10 years and just so excited to see where the next decade leads us. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you.